Welcome to the Jolf Man podcast. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen. I do hope that listening brings you value. I'm Neil Plimmer and I'm the Jolf Man, a name that I have picked up from children and teachers in primary schools. It has stuck and seems to fit reasonably well. I'm the host of this podcast and will regularly share thoughts, ramblings and ideas about golf, sport, play, teaching, coaching, learning and anything else that might pop up into my mind. What a, with a particular focus on children's and families' first experience of golf and sport. Alongside these rambles, I'll be having chats with others to share their thoughts, get different views and perspectives and explore topics in further detail. Joel's mission is to provide positive first experiences in schools and at golf clubs for children and their families so they can play golf independently, enjoy playing together and learn as they play. We aim to give every child in every primary school in England the opportunity to play golf. I do hope that you enjoy the podcast and find value. Please get in touch with your thoughts, comments, feedback and ideas. I'd love to hear from you. Richard Franklin, thank you for coming on my Jolf Man podcast. Pleasure to be here, sir. Um, a little while, I think beginning of December, you invited me on yours, and I yep. think you are one of the podcast kings, so feel honoured. I appreciate that. It's uh, it's nice to be making the rounds, getting some <laughs> uh, European flavour here uh, of late, so all, always I a good thing. I don't, all, I don't always understand what you're saying, and I don't always agree with what you're saying, but I'm always intrigued and... I definitely know that where it's coming from is a very, very good space. So that's why I thought I was keen to talk further today. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be the first to say uh, either of those things. So <laughs> here we go. Um, so for those of you, for those people that maybe haven't heard of you, Discover Golf and what you're doing, what's going on? Discover Golf. It is, uh, you know, once upon a time, kind of a thought experiment starting yesteryear uh going back shoot 10 11 12 years um trying to muddle my way through where junior golf coaching um was embedded within the culture and trying to connect with 11 year olds that didn't want to be there and trying to think intelligently about how to um deliver a dying game essentially and so having a um, having a grim view on one hand about the state of the game, but on the other side being uh, overly optimistic about the power of good design. So that was once upon a time and 18 hours of work for 12 years straight. We are now a, um, a suite of actual physical products, games that coaches buy that I kind of look at as engagement architecture, um, symbols for uh, cultural meaning. There's a whole lot of, you know, a thought that goes into, uh, you know, what we're offering coaches. And that's where we are right now. I think there's quite a lot of things that I wanted to explore in more detail. One of the things that you spoke about at length in a lot of the podcasts and the chats we've had is that is that design and that planning and that preparation that goes into the games. Um, and I was keen to hear more about that because I think play by its very nature 
is natural and it's innate. But I also believe that as coaches and as adults working with children and sharing experiences with children, that real play where you get to the, the, nub, of, the nub of it needs some planning, preparation and design. Well, gosh, I mean, where do you, where do you start? I mean, the, the, the more, the more you, you start to learn, I think, about the construct of play, the more you realize the way it's used is um, undermining of its power. Um, you know, I think generally, let, let's, let's compare and contrast the golf industry. Uh, billions of dollars go into R&D in getting uh, the latest tailor-made driver head correct and the marketing and planning and um, distribution of that to golf professionals and the language and rhetoric around golf. And, you know, so like, okay, there's one aspect, right? And then play, which is this like unbelievably powerful force that like you could make the argument that shapes how we feel about ourselves within culture, who we are, so many different things, right? Get, get mislabeled as pool noodles and tic-tac-toe, right? So what, what I'm suggesting is that the scholarship around play, uh, understanding it, you know, a, as a core premise to how you coach is just like so worth the trouble at a minimum. And where it's taken me is, is really where I'm at now. I think you've heard, yeah. So of all, you know, like I said at the beginning, some of the stuff you come up with is, is like a foreign language, but that hits home that scholarship of play, that power of it. And I think one statement there, the undermining of its power. Um, I, I think back to looking at, remembering my children when they were tiny and, you know, just just playing around with their toys and it's that natural state. But in its natural state, it's also complex and it has depth, doesn't it? And you talk a lot about the depth of the games, the depth of the play when children are playing them. Yeah, so you mean you, you have to understand, like, like so many things that I try to describe, it, it's a paradox, you know, play, uh, you know, play can be mapped out and seen from a lot of different perspectives, but let's just look at the one that I think is the most salient to coaches, which is this idea that play is on one side of the spectrum, very free form, which is, I think what it gets labeled as uh, incorrectly by golf coaches, right? Like, Oh, we're not going to play or like play is babysitting or, play is beneath me or, you know, like it gets labeled as unicorn and glow stick and glue sticks as I, you know, so often refer to it as, and rightly so, because it doesn't have um, a rigid structure around it. Right. And so like what I find fascinating is, is another kind of play is a more formalized rule bound form of play, which is no less important, no less vigorous to the mind and, and body and soul it just comes from a different place. And so like the, 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 that that's adjacent really to the practice of game design, which is thinking carefully about everything from Reese, you know, initial resource state to um, goal rolling to um, interact, you know, interactive design system, you know, challenge system versus two V two versus one V one. Like now you get into, 
all of the different textures of games and, and what you're trying to do within that is to sort of to use, you know, our sort of dichotomy is to sort of railroad somebody down a choice space, which is going to feel and as they will report as playful and they will report that activity as fun because you have sort of by brute force designed that experience. There is nothing wrong about that. In fact, that's the billion and billion, probably trillion dollar industry that is uh, gaming, recreation, you name it, right? That's, you spoke to the innateness of play. Well, that's the cultural form of play in 2021. Now that's not to say that this open spaced sandbox to, to use the other side of the spectrum play is not meaningful or beneficial. I think at some point though, you need to realize at least I do is like, what, what, what can I do as a coach that they can't do by themselves? Right. So like they can't, and, and I know this is where you differ with me and that you want them or, or you worry probably about, okay, they come to discover golf. You probably don't doubt that they have a great time. Can they, can they then recreate that by themselves? Right. So I think this is probably where you want to take the conversation, but um, you, you can jump in at this point if you want. Um, I, I was, I was, I think that, that was one of the things that came out of our chat. And I know and it was that sort of positioning of the coach and where they're positioned within that child's experience. And, you know, my question to you was, you know, do children do your games when you're not there? Um, so are they, buying the resources, utilising the resources, playing them on their own, playing against others. Because for me, it's always been a key that, yes, I want to inspire and ignite and spark that interest, such so that then it arms the child and the family unit around them to, to then take that spark and make it their own spark. Well, let's, I mean, let's, let, not to diverge from that line of thinking, but let's, let's dig into that for a second. Th this idea, because this is the you know, this is the omnipresent rhetoric of play right now, which is this family centric viewpoint. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, you know, I know you speak passionately about it. And again, all of the, it's not that these things are not true or wise or virtuous. Um, I just don't, when I think about play, I think about creating a cultural hub for young people, right? I think the world that they live in right now is complex and dangerous like, like it was for, and I, but I also don't think it's necessarily more complex or dangerous than it was for us or our parents' generation. It's just, just different, right? Um, I, do, I do think that the dark undercurrent of cyberbullying and social pressure and, you know, some things that, you know, unfortunately, unfortunate consequences of technology are pervasive and that's a whole nother discussion but um these kids arguably and and i say this on the heels of attending a lot of toy and game fairs and seminars where keynote speaker after keynote speaker say these kids are overstimulated and undernourished right psychologically and so I do find it prescient in these times to create this hub of play in the community. And I happen to, you know, have carte blanche over 
the nicest 10 acre green grass spot in a 10 mile radius. And I look to leverage that for the means of creating play culture. And so within that space, I ask our students to bring their own interpretations of what we are. And you better believe 98% of them think they're walking into a polo wearing, you know, golf pro, judgmental swing tips, you know, there's a whole, you can imagine, right? The mental model of what a 13 year old girl thinks about golf. And so I want them to bring that baggage with them. You know, it's, you you gotta be pretty darn good to even get them there in the first place. Um, So they probably know a little bit about it and say, this is going to be different. This has a chance to be at least 5% cool enough where I'm not embarrassed by being here, you know, amongst my cohort. And then they start to do this thing that is playing games and nobody's telling them what they're doing is wrong. And we're inviting them to make decisions and asking them what they thought of that. And, you know, would they like to play something similar to that? Would they like to do a collaborative one next time? Or do they want to switch partners and play a different game? And what is, what is birds on a perch or what is, and so now it's like, holy shit, that was a 90 minute, little escapade through, um, you know, through play. And then I want them to think to themselves, hopefully, well, what does this mean about me relative to these other people that are like deeply concerned with the rules? And man, this guy spent like eight minutes breaking out, you know, all of the different things that went into this game called a day out a day at the museum. And there's all these pieces of like, ancient artifacts, you know, on the middle of the green and I'm robbing and I'm robbing the museum. Like, what does this mean? And so I just find that mental space about aligning your interest to a, to a peer driven play community as just a million miles away from like mommy, Tommy Sunday golf with, with, with the family. I just, I don't see it that way. So, so in the States, there's a lot of that offer of family golf and get on the golf course. Because over here, and again, this is where I think, again, whether this is for now, but it's a really interest of me, is that the cultural difference is, is, seems enormous. But, but I do take your point around the fact that, you know, children are going to be driven by very, very similar things, I think, wherever the culture that I believe. Well, so like, again, like I just find like, look, if that same 13 year old girl goes, goes and tells her father, she had a great time. And, you know, she'd like to go to the driving range this weekend to prepare for next class. Or she's just like, awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. If that's where it goes, like everything that comes out of this is beneficial, right? You giving more agency, to your player, you being more authentic to the life that they're living, you reframing, a, you know, the game as a stick and ball loop that can go where all of it's good, right? All of it's good. Now, there might be 5% of the kids that come to you that are embedded in what I would consider golf culture that are looking for more of a performance rhetoric and, you know, want to be jotted down on an Excel spreadsheet on, what kind of chipping efficiency they need to be tournament ready. And like, that's okay. Maybe this is misaligned for that particular individual, but for just about everybody else, 
I don't, I don't mind, or I'm, I'm great with wherever it goes. But I think at the core of that, if you're not student first, which is to say, this is an activity for you to put a circle around. Like I'm a big believer, like families, parents, I don't want them. I don't want them watching our lesson. I don't want them involved in our lesson. You know, like you see this, like, Hey, mom and dad, why don't you like help assistant coach? Like, are you kidding me? This is our space. This is, this is a sacred magic circle that we invite people to come into and like all things, right? Like within play, like play happens usually in kind of this segregated secret place because that gives it meaning, right? It's sort of this ritualistic activity. And so I try to not make that boundary too porous. Um, and that's just my philosophy on it. Yeah, no, I, 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 and I can, again, I can, I can sense and see where that's coming from. I think the conversation we had and the bit that got me was when you said that it all started for you when you had those camps and you had 90% of the children turn up who didn't want to play, had never played, didn't know what it was all about. So you better hook them in. And if you don't hook them in, they're not staying for the rest of the camp. And I think that hit me between the eyes that, right, okay, I can now, tell me if I'm wrong, start to understand and appreciate how, how this journey's gone for you because you've got to hook those people in that don't want to be there. Yeah. I mean, I think you, just, you, you like, again, you either wake up with, with the grim reality that like you're in a, you're in a, you're starting, you know, like, like this is a FedEx cup. And as a golf pro, you're starting 30 over par and you got to go beat DJ. That's essentially where you're at because video games, and general app culture or whatever you want to describe the digital citizenship that our kids are involved in, they have an unfair advantage, right? They, they, they can create an A-B test the hell out of every single scenario and get the dopamine just where it needs to. And they can hijack all your pleasure centers. And we have to somehow take grass which is just like the most abstract thing in the world and golf this most abstract thing in the world and, and like make meaning out of it given the current cultural climate that we're in. So you're either freaked the hell out by that or you're just going to be passive to it and you're just going to like, okay, well, I'm just going to have my 15 kids and I know Mr. Smith and, you know, Mr. Longley and they like that I get their daughter to smile when we play golf and they play a little bit more. And like, that's fine. You can be in that space. I mean, shit, the whole, you know, there's that's where that's where the industry is. What I'm saying is I'm trying to actually move the needle a touch in, in a space that's just so disadvantaged. Say that again. I missed you there. You I, lost, I, I'm trying to move the needle, right? The the junior yeah. golf needle against all odds, which is like in a an analog format. So it's like, dude, there's a Top Golf like coming up, or a Top Golf derivative, or a simulator derivative popping up, you know, every day, miles away from your joint. And like, you need to think about the advantages that those locations have in terms of their feedback looping, their, uh, you know, the fact that they're willing to sort of democratize the experience where you just hit a shot, go sit down, everything's a point. Uh, 
much easier access. You know, so you, you either you either look at that stuff and, and you and you try to learn from it and synthesize what it is at its core and reimagine your experience or you just you're just passive to it. And, and I'm fine either way, but I'm that, that's just my truth. Yeah. So 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 uh, I sense and I'll put this to you. you you're you are. So I consider you to be within that junior golf space, trying to push the needle against that analog format and i think there's a lot of you know coaches if they're listening in or parents if they're listening that you know we've got to hook these got to hook children into golf in a different way to what we've been doing if we're going to and again i think i'll quote what you said if we're going to be not be beaten by tiktok yeah well so you just you know you just start looking at it and you say like well why would people want to use tiktok you know so it's like Again, you go back to it, it's the place where they derive meaning, right, within their place and their culture, right? So, like, if you're a if you're a young girl, young boy, and you want to be present or seen or understood, you have a platform for that, right? You and and what has TikTok done? They've given you more tools to express who you are. You can cut a six second bit and have a really cool transition and. You can put, you know, a hip hop beat and a blah, blah, blah beat and you can play off of a trend and you can, uh, you know, put your own take on it. And you've got, you know, 38 different filters and then you can post it and then you can watch the likes accumulate and you can feel like you're being seen for who you are. There's so much of that. That's so awesome. Right. Like I look at what you so I just a, a quick snapshot. You know, I've been doing you know, what seems like archaic video edit editing on these slow and stodgy overpriced bits of software. And like on your phone, you can do that in, a, in an instant. Yeah. And, and it's all about expressing who you are. So like, if that's the cultural moment that kids are in and your core premise is, let me put balls down and tell kids what they're doing wrong. You're just going to alienate that group. And like, you just have to be, you just have to own that. Like, it's just time for golf coaches to say, like, I am going to do my best to encourage a thousand kids to come here. One thousand. Or that's just not your bag. And you're a purist and you're an idealist and golf is this utopia and it is what it is and it needs to be preserved and it's family first and it's golf first and it's etiquette first and it's rules first and no problemo. But just say that. Yeah. Don't don't do not Neil Plimmer, and I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking to podcast host, and in the all the people do not slap on play and games and fun on a program that is espousing golf utopia because that 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 ain't fun. That ain't play. That ain't games. That's I, I like. I'm going to revisit that one. There, I'm going to revisit that one. The, one of the biggest questions I had, and again, following our chat, following a couple of the listens I've had from other podcasts that you've been on, as well as some of the chats I've had with other coaches, where does on-course play fit for you? It doesn't. Okay. And can you expand on that? Because I'm interested to know the sort of whys and wherefores of why it doesn't fit. Well, be, I mean, I think we just kind of covered that, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to protect the virtues of golf. Like gol golf is not some sacred space 
that I feel like it's my job to uphold its sanctity, right? I'm not here to say that golf has to be done in an 18-hole format. Now, do we play golf? Yeah. Do a lot of our kids end up becoming golfers? Yeah. Do I start there? No. You know, so it's really interesting. So I'm doing a big workshop this weekend. We've got like 70 coaches around the world attending. It's like our biggest, it kind of feels like a coming out party. You know, we've been doing this a long time, but there's some new people that, thanks to guys like you, sharing our message. And so I'm thinking about how I'm going to format this 170-page slide deck, right? So it's like, holy cow, because I want to touch everything. I want to talk about play scholarship. I want to talk about the mechanics and dynamics and rule sets that make games interesting. I want to talk about the neuropsychology of anticipation and goal rolling and all of these interesting, you know, sort of formal systems with games and complexity theory and constraint-based learning and anthropology. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to frighten people, right? But – but it's good because we need we need to sort of peel back the onion. So we're just going to go for it. But the, but the thing that came up, you know, this this whole journey started with me probably 10 years ago and really trying to crystallize my thoughts around constraint based coaching. I know you know about this. And I think it's I think if you're a play based coach, a game based coach, whatever junior golf coach, you probably dig constraints led approach on some level. Right. You're probably you've probably been exposed to that. I think that's an entry point for a lot of golf professionals. And so what always strikes me is so much of what I'm suggesting is straight from the research, right? Where it's saying, consider the context, consider the context, consider the, consider the performer and their emotional and physiological state and consider the culture that they're within, right? Like this is constraint led approach 101, but then where we diverge so concretely is what they'll say is we'll make the, make the design, the training environment as representative of the task, right? In this case, playing golf. Well, this is where I just say, well, no, because oftentimes a representation of golf is just, it, it's a flawed design. I don't, I don't think that the, which is, which is why Top Golf doesn't have to give back its billions and billions and billions of dollars in simulator style golf and golf derivatives and Wii Golf and Tiger Woods, Xbox Golf. Everything that is a golf spinoff is unapologetic about redesigning the loop around a stick and a ball, right? To me, the fascination here is of human being and their agency to control this ballistic instrument in space. And that's the coolest thing ever. And that's never going away. I don't care if they've got, you know, fiber optics in our eye and we've got chips in our brain and we're half cyborg. We're still going to like hitting shit with sticks. So <laughs> let's just be in that space. And if it turns into golf, then that's great. Chances are you're going to be disappointed as a 13 year old with limited motor skills and limited motivation to be in the hot heat for four and a half hours in July in Chicago. And you, the list goes on and on, right? Barriers to entry. There's a high chance you're not going to be into that part of the game, but fret not because I'm, we're going to distill down stick and ball into a different format that you can tap into. Okay. 
See, see now that makes sense. So, so, so I, I do, I do like the just hitting shit with sticks. Everyone loves that. Everyone loves that. That's not that. That's never, ever, ever like death, taxes, and hitting shit with sticks, man. It's it's a lock. It's a, so like th- this is this is also what I tell coaches. I'm like, look, you don't get it. You're this. We had a conversation with Gavin Parker, Flow State, my boy. You know Gavin. Um, yeah. I said Gavin. You and I and everybody that's in this space, we are stick and ball savants. We've been looking at people hit shit with sticks our whole life. We've been doing it. We've been evaluating people do it. We understand the intrinsic value of it. We see its beauty. We see its depth. And then we put some BS golf convention etiquette wrapper around it and we ruin it. It, it that that's this was a game made so out of t- it's like and, and look I don't want to get political or whatever but it's like uh, religious writings or the Constitution or these the, these incessant debates we have as modern people as in like there's really two fields of of thought right like are you a literalist right or you are like do you just do you interpret what it was supposed to be in the first place right. This, this was a bunch of bored, rich Scottish people hitting shit with sticks and then just making it up as they went along. Suddenly, you know, year after year after year, which is sort of the convention and wisdom of play and passing it along and, and the information embedded within play, it became this cultural artifact, which is cool. And you can look at it and you can appreciate it. And, dude. I love watching the Masters. I like talking golf. I mean, I, I I get that aspect, right? I'm a golf guy. But on the other side, like, I'm smart enough to know, like, I'm not supposed to take this literally. Like, that's absurd. I'm supposed to literally digest golf the way that these, these rich, bored Scottish dudes did in 2021. You got to be kidding me, Neil. You got to be kidding me. It just it doesn't work like that. I'm not, I'm not upholding what they thought was cool umpteen years ago. Not going to do it. So, so, so you're layering, you're layering the call of 2021 around the idea that we're just hitting shit with sticks. Correct. Okay. Put it on a bumper sticker. (laughs) Okay. I, I get that now after our chat before and my listening in, now I get where you're at. And it wasn't because I wanted to get where you're at. I'm, I'm, like I said, I always knew it was coming from the right place. And I think, again, for anybody that's listening, it's, for me, it's that where it's coming from is the key. And then, and then it's layering up all the other, you know, the depths and depths and depths of your understanding and knowledge and expertise and, and genuine passion for this on top of that. And that's what I love. Well, I mean, let's put it this way, right? I always say it's like, okay, like Butch Harmon, Sean Foley, blah, 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 golf guy of all golf guys, right? Like, and dude, I've been studying this game and, you know, people can look at my background with Mac O'Grady and I've been to every seminar known to man. I understand the biomechanics. I had 3D software, which is probably strange to people, right? I'm like a double major. Like I did golf minutia. Like, I feel like that was like another... I, you know, I've lived two lives, but the last 10 years, I was like, okay, like I figured that puzzle out or like as much as it needs to be figured out. What's the point if I want a child to love stick and ball hitting as much as I do and to just see that this is such a better use of their time, 
than being stuck on their phone, right? Then, then I need to get smarter, like a lot smarter. So you can either be the guy that goes home at night or gal and hangs their hat up and says, I delivered the best golf-centric information I could to the 20 kids in my group. That's no problem. You can do that. But again, if you think that the best information or getting the most kids to the golf course or getting kids doing family golf or doing whatever the common rhetoric is around junior golf, if you think that brings a thousand kids to your golf course, well, shoot, you don't need me to tell you because there ain't a thousand kids there. Right. Like, how about how about use that as like an, an analysis of, of the efficacy of your program? So think about all the kids, eight to 12, seven to 12, seven to 13. What let's go with eight to 12 in a 10 mile radius from where you live. OK, what is the percentage of those kids that are that are hitting shit with sticks today? At your facility. Yeah, you're getting crushed. I'm getting crushed. You're getting crushed. The entire industry is getting crushed. And, and 99% of the discourse is elite. Go to go to any Facebook forum right now, junior golf parents, junior golf coaches, 99% of it is going to be ridiculous coach, parent-centric tournament elitism. Yeah. While yeah. we're getting bashed in the face. It, it, it's truly, it's truly remarkable. I love it. Um, so if, so if we, if you, if there's a parent listening or a parent specifically, is there a parent listening who's listening to this and thinking, oh my goodness me, what, what's the, what's the one thing that parents need to understand as far as their children getting into ball whacking? You, you, you need to understand, I think, that there, there's just there's a there's a lot more barriers to entry than there should be. Right. I think most parents would appreciate their kids doing more things like ball whacking. Now, that that may that may manifest itself into ball kicking or tree climbing or uh, basket weaving or you know, there, there, there is, I would imagine, universally parents' desire to see their child enveloped, engrossed, engaged in something, dealing with the physical world, right? And dealing with themselves in that space and dealing with others in that space, right? That's, that's strengthening your resolve within the human condition and, and others around you. So like, how does that take form? Well, if, if your particular bend is around golf or striking, you know, maybe you're a more athletic minded dad or mom, then you need to just be you need to be better than you think you need to be in getting that message across. Um, again, not, you know, not to say these kids are stunted or that, you know, that they're not developed, but to go back to this point, Start with a grimmer view of the potential success of this endeavor and then work hard from that from that point. You know, I always talk, you know, I'm doing way more, I think, education and communication with parents than I used to. You know, I used to say, like, stay out of my sacred space, and I still do. 
But when it's all said and done, I do connect with them more now and say, look, here's, here's, here's the four hours of prep that I went into for this one class this morning. And like, we were trying to get one or two really magic moments out of that. So like, if you're a parent and you want them to do some more stick and ball whacking in the backyard, just bring your A game and bringing your A game is not telling them to do it more, telling them what they're doing wrong at a minimum. So I think them getting them getting a, an education around what the best coaches in the world are doing and how to distill that down would be very helpful. Yeah, I think that's 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 excellent, excellent advice. And I think it's it's aligned with quite a lot of stuff that's been coming up for me recently is that, you know, to get that to get that moment, to get that one moment where that one child experiences that one thing takes time, preparation, oh, man. planning, thoughts. Um, review, reflection, critique, crying, all, all these yep. things that the coach has to go through to get to that point. And it means a lot. It means a lot to them and it has to mean a lot to them. But for I suppose for it to mean a lot to them, it's also going to mean a lot to us. Oh, just, just to get that one magical moment where they, you know, you can just see it, right? It's like they're, they're amazed at what they just did. They're, they're more confident in what they can do. There's this, there's this look of like, what does this mean about me now? You know, like that, that sweet spot, man, you, you can't, you can't force feed that down a kid's mouth. You can't say, Oh, you're at golf now. It's going to be this, this, and this. It's not going to be that, that, and that. And the more you, and the more, this is why like the more you, this is why I have a problem with values based coaching, right? Sorry. Hot take. You know, look, first T in, in all these organizations, I know that they're doing, a, you know, they're, they're, they're pouring their guts out. And there's a lot of people that are trying hard to do it. And so, look, it's a sensitive subject. I get it. But it's like if, if you try to label something as valuable, it immediately becomes non-valuable. You know, like what, like what's what's the what's the famous, you know, psychology experiment? Like, don't think about a pink elephant. What do you think about? It's like, it's just so obvious. Like if you say, well, golf is about discipline. It's like, okay, yep. well, yeah, but like, that's what it means to you. And I haven't even hit shit with a stick yet. Like, what, yeah. what do you mean discipline? I don't even want to be here, dog. Yeah. 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 And I think that comes all, also back to that, that adult imposed frame. You know, we, we, the adult imposes their view, their belief onto the child, the activity, the play, rather than like you said stripping it back stripping it back stripping it back what have you got right now let's build it up the way you want it to look feel and sound how about how about this how about you as a coach really start to deeply look at the emotional state of your kids are you being dead honest with yourself are they really exploring the gamut of emotions while they're there are they connecting more vibrantly with the tools in their hand with those around them or are they twiddling their club on the sideline waiting to be told what to do? Okay, so start. Be a little bit more introspective. Be a little bit more humble. Be a little bit more honest. And then work your ass off to understand what's at stake here and what you can do about it. Do that. Present that. And you tell me what your, what your kid's perception will be of your values. That's the value. It's like you got these coaches that say, I do this and I teach kids etiquette and I teach kids the values of life and they set up two two pool noodles and a cone it's like no dude your values are laziness 
you're not trying hard enough. It's like, don't, don't explain your values to kids. Let them see it. Let them see it. That's it. I love that. I love that. I think that'd be a nice way to round that off because I think I think for for what you've covered today and what we've spoke what what you've spoken about and what you've raised, I think there's a lot of points there that people are going to be able to unpick the pieces of that. I think that's that's really I've really enjoyed that. Well, amazing. I, I appreciate you having me on. Look, I I I so appreciate what you do. You know, I was ruffling your feathers on on Ollie's podcast. Um, only because I think it was uh, it was nudging you into having this conversation with me. And look, we we need people again that are that are doing what I just said. They're trying their absolute hardest. They're deeply invested in this. And then through that authenticity, really good questions are raised, right? And you and you Absolutely. and you only get to ask those really fruitful questions when you've got a bunch of experience under your belt, right? And so the more people like yourself and others that are in the trenches and are asking deeper questions, you know, we, we all get better collectively. So thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so if people want to find you, Richard, where are they going to find you? Well, discovergolf.co um, is our main web property. There's a bunch of games and coaching information at discover golfer on Instagram. And then, um, on Facebook, I just I channel most of my stuff just through my actual Richard Franklin account, and so um, yeah, and no, we 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 try to circle up coaches and get them in our Facebook Messenger thread, and um, yeah, I probably post like forty messages a day in there. Uh, it's it's a it's a never ending call to action. A never, it's a a, rel- a rel- relentless obsession. I would probably call. Yeah, it it really is. Richard, thank you so much for your time today. My, my pleasure, Neil. Uh, we'll be in touch, man. Grateful. Take it Cheers. easy.